0: Boxing is all about the sometimes brutal fights between men and some women who are highly trained athletes, but let's think for a moment about the business of boxing, the motivation to get in the ring, and take a look at the story behind the athlete. You're listening to Imagine Publicity On Air, and I'm your host, Delilah Jones of ImaginePublicity.com. The book we're featuring today is titled Survival, A Man's Hard Journey to World Boxing Championship. To escape his living hell at home, at 16, Vinny Curto lied about his age and joined the Navy. Although the falsification of his age was later discovered and he was discharged, while serving, he joined the boxing team and made many contacts that would benefit his career in the future. Vinny's decision to join the Navy not only altered his life, it may very well have saved it. After his stint in the military, Vinny joined the Olympic boxing team where he made several more valuable contacts, including the legendary trainer, Angelo Dundee. My guests are the authors of Survival, a true story about the life and times of boxer, actor, scriptwriter, and stand-up comedian, Vinny Curto. Welcome. We have Dennis well, good morning Griffin. All... have <laughs> yes. Griffin on the line who is the co-author of this book with Vinnie Curto. Um who hasn't called in yet. We'll wait a little while and um see if if he joins us. If not, we're going to talk about him.
1: Very good. And uh Vinny was having some phone issues, so I don't know if he's going to get them resolved in time to call in or not. So it's uh, kind of iffy whether or not we'll hear from him.
0: Okay, that's okay. We can still talk about him behind his back, then, right? Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm sure. He'll I'm appreciate sure it. Yes, I'm sure he will. And I, I'm yes. I know that in the in the process of writing this book. And I gotta tell you, Denny, I found an email dated back in twenty fifteen from you telling me that this was your new project. So I know how long this has gone on and finally we we get the story published and congratulations. <laughs> well
1: thank you, Dee, and, and you're right, this this uh it was the longest project, longest, oh, any elapsed time from start to finish. Uh, there were gaps in doing anything with it, you know, so I, I didn't work on it continuously. But it was overall, it was the uh, the, the longest
0: project I've ever worked on. Great. Well, I'm sure that you learned in the process of doing this book and, and conversations with Vinny over the years, th- I'm sure you've learned a lot about the boxing profession. So let's talk a little bit about boxing. How is the system really set up as, and, you know, like maybe the past when Vinny first got started to present day system.
1: Okay. The, the, as, as anyone I think who's ever followed boxing or even uh if not followed it uh, in any great detail, at least is heard of boxing in the boxing world, it's known as, uh, especially in the older days, as being corrupt, uh, where fights may have been fixed. Uh, records were rigged on occasion to make somebody look better or more appealing than they actually were or are. So, it and Vinnie's working with Vinnie on this book, it was stuff I knew or had heard, but to hear it from him, to hear it from an insider, uh, was really uh, an experience. And um, just uh, to mention that I'm originally from Rome, New York, which is located about 18 miles from Canistota, New York which was the hometown of former uh, middleweight and welterweight champ, Carmen Basilio and welterweight champion, Billy Backus. And it's also home to the international boxing hall of fame. So I have some, uh, some roots, if you will, uh, regarding boxing and and so forth uh, because of the, of being from that area. And that made, Vinny's story even more appealing to me uh, because I could relate. I had met, actually, some of the people or not met, but but seen uh, seen at boxing matches and so forth, some of the people that Vinny talked about, and uh, I remember back when I was uh, a relatively young kid, they used to have the Friday night fights on uh, sponsored sponsored by Gillette Razor Company and I remember my father uh, and I i was always watching them with him so uh, the, the whole boxing thing was very uh, entertaining to me and very appealing and as far as today goes uh, I don't know as the, uh, the sport is as corrupt as it was I, I'd like to think it's not but uh, there's no way I could prove that. I mean, there's a lot of money involved in the sport of, if you can get into the upper echelon. There's some big paydays and with the closed-circuit uh, pay-per-view stuff and all that. Um, I think whenever you have that kind of money, there's always uh, the potential for some shenanigans.
0: Well, when we talk about corruption, what um... – what kind of players are in this game we're talking about we've got the athlete we've got the manager we've got the trainer the gym the the people who book the fights um on up the food chain where do we follow the money yes you're right follow the money and you,
1: you do have a whole bunch as you mentioned a whole bunch of different people or types of people uh who have financial interests in uh, in the boxers and how the boxers do and uh, and and so on and so forth. And I I just want to relate a story out of the book that uh may illustrate. Vinny was uh wanted to get a title shot. He had been making his way up in the rankings and wanted to get a title shot. And it turned out he was uh contacted He'd want to know if he'd take a fight in Madison Square Garden. And it was going to be a, a main event, a 10-round fight, and his opponent was going to be a fellow that uh, was an up-and-comer and was owned or managed by the mob. If you ever heard of Sammy the Bull Gravano, for example, Sammy the Bull was uh was handling this guy. They wanted him, of course, to have a good record. They were, they wanted to to pad his record, if you will, and get him a title shot and get into some big money. Um, Benny was Vinnie because he wanted a title shot of his own, and he knew it was going to require taking a dive to let this uh, mob guy win. He said he would fight, but he'd fight under an assumed name. So, uh, so his record wouldn't be harmed and his chances for his own title shot uh, be affected with that loss so when he got into the ring that night it happened that the announcer, the ring announcer knew Vinny, he recognized him even though Vinny had uh, uh, grown a beard or whatever to to, to try to conceal his appearance um, so the announcer announced Vinny under his own name so now this thing was going to go off as, as Vinny's Fight, not this alias um and sammy the bull was at ringside so the first five rounds out of the 10 rounds benny knows he's committed to lose the fight and he said the guy was such a weak puncher he probably couldn't have broken an egg so Vinny let the guy punch him around a little bit never got hurt but he was this guy was winning every round so when the fight's halfway through there's a big roar from the crowd while Vinny's at his on his stool during between rounds and he tells his cornerman, he says, What's that cheer for? He says, I know it's not for me, he says, I'm getting booed. It turned out Frank Sinatra and his uh, bodyguard friend Jilly had, had entered the uh had entered the garden and the fans saw him and that was what the uh, applause was for. Jilly ends up, because they had met Vinny in the past, he comes over and he says, uh, what's going on? He says, we know that you're not trying. And Vinny says, well, he said, Sammy the Bull and I made a deal and blah, blah, blah. And Jilly says, well, that's what uh, Frank thought. He said to tell you that whole thing is off. You're to try to win. So Vinny says, great. So for the next five rounds, he's got you know half the fight left. He He decides he's going to try to beat this guy. And uh, so he's starting to punch back and he's starting to put on a little offense and he happens to look at, he and this guy are in a clinch and he looks over at ringside and they're standing up is Sammy the bull. And Vinny said he could read his lips. <laughs> Apparently Sinatra never bothered to tell Sammy the bull that this uh, fight was no longer <laughs> a fixed fight. So, uh, when when the fight ended, it ended up as a draw. Vinny won the last five rounds and the other guy had won the first five. And they had to escort Sinatra and his crew had to escort Vinny out of the arena, out of Madison Square Garden to, for his own protection because the bull kept mouthing, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to and kill you. So, uh, and, and Vinny ended up fleeing with Sinatra to uh, to California um uh, until Sinatra could try to iron things out, and uh, we'll be safe for Benny to return to New York. But anyway, that was an example of how things worked, at least back then.
0: That's a fascinating story. How much power did Sinatra really have with the mob?
1: He was well connected, and it, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of it was with the Chicago. He seemed to be especially connected with the Chicago people, but. You know, mobsters are mobsters, and uh, he did have influence, and of course he had the the recognition and the stardom and uh, and all that kind of stuff. So he and and in fact, th- his initial attempts to to pacify the mobsters failed, and he ended up sending Vinny to Canada. Sinatra had a, some friends there, and he said, i fixing it up for He said, you go up to Canada and stay there until I give you the word that it's safe for you to come back. And um uh, so then he ended up in Canada for a period of time and uh working basically as a bus boy in a restaurant and uh, trying to keep away from uh you know from the mobsters and that that is another holster. He got involved with the uh some Canadian mobsters up there and uh, um it it that's an amazing part of the story too in fact he befriended the son the young son of the owner of the restaurant he was working in and a, a young fellow named francois and that whole story we did two chapters about francois and the many canadian uh canadian experience and it was uh with what happened there it was uh it was a very emotional uh, part of his life. I don't want to say too much, but it was, uh, uh, you know, something you really need to read. It uh, it had me just about in tears.
0: Yes, and I, I think there's probably quite a few of those stories in the book as well. But what what goes into training a professional boxer? You, say, you know, he was he was uh, taken under the wing of Angelo Dundee, which most people who know boxing or have even heard of boxing have heard of Angelo Dundee yes and
1: Angelo 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 Dundee's involvement uh, really was a turning point because Dundee not only was uh, an expert trainer but he had the name and so forth and he you know if you were working for him or with him he could he could certainly, uh, you know, get you fights and advance your career. Hold on, just a second, please, He She says that he's
0: supposed
1: to call. This. No, he's supposed to call the number I sent him. Right. I'm handling it. Well,
0: I don't. Know okay, okay. That's no. great. <laughs>
1: um, you know, but the uh, the other the other thing, and I, I don't want to to lose this because Vinnie wanted to tell this story. Uh, Obviously, you know, talking about his career and what he overcame to become a world champion and, and about the fight game and the organized crime and all that kind of stuff. But the main message he wanted to send was to the victims of childhood sexual abuse. Because Vinny was an abused child. And his father was a homosexual the mother was a lesbian and what he went through as a kid, his father would would go out drinking with his friends, his male friends, and they'd come home after the bars closed at two or three in the morning and he would let his friends have their way with Vinny and they would rape him. Um, and and did an awful lot of damage. And his father even told him, because his father had boxed when his father was in the Marines. And he said, he told Vinny, he said, you're a worthless piece of scum. He said, the only thing you can ever do to earn my respect, he said, is if when you grow up, you'll become a boxing champion. So that was how Vinny got on the road to become a boxer. He was forced into it by his father. And his fa- in fact, his father... Was in his bedroom one night, telling Vinny again that the only way he could uh, ever amount to anything was if he he took up boxing and won a championship. And he handed Vinny a gun, a 38 caliber revolver, and he said, "Hold this." Now Vinny doesn't know if it was loaded or unloaded, but anyway, he he held the gun, and I think Vinny was uh, eight or nine years old at the time, and his father said. If you don't do what I say, if you don't train and box and become a champion, he said, the only other thing you can do during my respect is do the right thing. He says, and that would be to kill yourself. So that was the environment. And Benny and wants to send uh, a message that if you're – a victim of this childhood sexual abuse or that type of situation, you've got to tell somebody. You've oh, yeah. can't let your abuser get away with what they're doing. And I, I see on the switchboard that perhaps Vinny's uh, phone issues may be resolved.
0: I do believe Welcome Vinny. We're so glad you were able to get called in. We just we're covering a little bit about the business of boxing and how the system was set up and what goes into training and, and that type of uh, information. Yeah. Maybe you want to add something to that?
2: Well, I didn't hear, I didn't hear the beginning part of what they said, but uh, the training training for fights uh, uh, is one thing. But if you're an amateur, you know, there's, there's a certain aspect of training that you'll you'll go through. But if you were a pro and you're fighting for world championships, contender sparring partners you know these are guys you'll be fighting or defending your title against and you and, and you make a deal with them they look give me a good sparring and i'll make sure you get a shot at the world title and and so you you box the first the, the first guy four rounds and it, it's a war and then you box the then you bring in the second contender and, and it's another war now, now you've got eight rounds two of the best fighters in the world right uh, you you totally lost. Then you bring another another contender in, and you go another uh, four rounds, right? Uh, and, then, and then you bring another one in, and you you're going on a mental win, a mental win. And and this is and this is the the, the, the different aspect of, of, of world championship uh, training, and uh, you know as compared to amateur or uh, just a, just a club fighter's training.
0: And you you attended the Muhammad Ali camp. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. I I got 17 straight wins in in Miami Beach, and uh, Angel Dundee says to me, "If any come on, you're in it. We're going to Ali's camp." I I was like ecstatic. I couldn't believe it. Well, we we got up there. We got up there at Dead Lake, Pennsylvania. Ali was a character. He he come he came 4:30 in the uh, morning. to wake me up, to wake me up for road work. And He had a big gorilla mask on, and he, and he shook the bed. And I looked up and I screamed. You <laughs> <laughs> he, he laughed. We we went out did we went out did road work. We went out did road work. And he was a real character. But I'll tell you, he really stood for something, in and out of the ring. And uh, one day, one day in, in the camp, he was explaining about how the blacks had been tread on this, that. So I, I, I thought I was adding something nice. I said to him about the Sicilians when I came over from from Italy. Uh, uh, they were digging ditches. Uh, my father had a book, and they were digging ditches, making less money than blacks digging ditches. You
3: know, uh, this is like
2: in 1922, I think it was, right? And when I said, when I, whenever I said that, he goes, "Who told you that?" And I said, uh, "My father." Get your daddy on the phone. Zion so Toretta came out with a phone. And he Ali dialed my, my number. I get my number. He dialed it. He goes, Hey, old man, you know who this is? He goes, Oh, thank you, thank you. My father was calling me. Your son tells me that a book, it's making it less money than he used the N word. And he says, Give me, he took t- all the information on the book down. And the next morning, he says, Fighters, we're going over to a college to speak. So, so we went over to the college, and uh, he was speaking about why he didn't go to Vietnam, which proved right, you know and and all this stuff and at the end of the night at the end of the night at the end of the, 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 the visit there he says and I have to tell you good people here in this college every man is my teacher I can learn from anyone there's a young man here I'd be and screamed at because he told me something about my people I did not like but he was right and I was wrong I want to bring him up here to Take it. he gave him an ovation because this kid's the next world champion and he, he did that and I, and I and I won the world title
0: Wow, that's, that's quite hey, a uh, story, Vinny
2: It's yeah, well, a true story uh, The whole the whole camp was there So the, <laughs> it could be proven <laughs>
1: Right but, Del, Delilah? Denny, did, yes Yeah, I just wanted to say uh, I wanted to kind of update Vinny Since he missed the, the, the uh, initial part of the conversation Oh, I'm sorry Vinny, good morning Good morning How are you, how are you today? Good, good, and, and congrats on the book. Oh,
3: and I just wanted good. to
1: let you know that initially I was telling uh, uh, Delilah about some of your uh, the incidents that are in the book, such as the uh, garden fight with Sammy the Bull and uh, Sinatra having to uh, intervene and, and that type of yeah. thing. So we talked about that. We uh, mm-hmm. talked about uh, you know some of the corruption and boxing, and you know how people oh, yeah. would make money. And, and I was just uh, when you, when you were able to get in, uh, I was just telling her ab- about the main message you wanted to send in the book about about your childhood, and oh, yeah. uh, and to the victims of childhood sexual abuse and how important yeah. it is mm. for them to tell someone if, if they're being abused. So so that's well, kind of where we're at.
2: Well, the, the the child abuse thing. Uh, I want the world to know. And if there's any little kids listening, listen, 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 to Uncle Vinny. Uh, if anybody's bothering you in your home, your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, your aunt, your uncle, or anybody, any neighbors, any friends, right? And they're bothering you. Uh, they're touching you in inappropriate places in an inappropriate way. Right? You you go out and you tell. 20,000 people, you start knocking on doors, you start screaming in the streets. You you go out and you throw fit till the police come and, and calm you down. And then you tell the police what happened, you let them know. And, then, and if they don't do it, you, you do it again. Because back, back when I was a kid, they they come and if they saw something uh, that was minor, they'd they, they come in and say a few words and get the hell out of there, right? Because they had bigger things to, to do, but they, they didn't realize what was going on that that's that's why you have to run and tell twenty thousand people tell the whole world what's going on. You don't stop until you get some when you go to school tell the teachers, tell the principals you tell everybody who's bothering you what they're doing why they're doing it who they're doing it and who they well why why they were doing it to you, and you tell them. you tell, you make sure your voice is heard because you're one of the one people you know uh you know minors they they overlook it. Uh, they think they're eccentric. They think they have a little you know problems. Uh, and, and and believe me, back when I when I was growing up, to to, to get a teachers to get a teachers uh to to, to to you know to to look into what you're trying to tell them, it, it was impossible.
0: It's that's a very very important message, and and I appreciate. You letting everyone out there know about it. And you're also involved in the worldwide organization to aid youth through sports. I think yeah. that is is fantastic. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Vinny?
2: Well, my, my lady friend started it, and I'll have her. Uh, she's right here, and, 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 and she'll fill you in and everything we're doing with
3: that. Here, here we are. Hey, I'm Barbara Gold. How are you?
0: Hi. Glad to have you. We were just talking about the organization and and what a fantastic thing this is
3: and what it's doing for kids all over the world. Oh, my God. It's amazing. I get, you know, Muhammad Ali's daughters are helping us. Um, the uh, Leila and Mayma Ali are very excited and gave us their their private cell phone, um in order that, that we could reach them more easily and we are just getting the organization setting up right now, but we have people in like nine countries already who are, who are already doing it. It's so amazing. It's like, it's like a movement that's happening even without our intervention, but we've hooked into these people, and we're all pulling together to make this happen. And we just had, um, um, one of our people just had a, con- a conversation, hour and a half conversation with Maxine Waters, who's one of the top five Congress people on the planet uh, in the U.S., and also the uh, congressman for the Bronx is the head of the Congressional Committee for Foreign Relations, and they are love the idea. They just love it. They said, did you know that there's a research study that was done um, a couple of years ago, a bipartisan research study, that both parties agreed, which is a miracle that both parties agreed on anything, but both parties agreed that um, the fact that we don't take care of the kids in our poor communities causes between 800 billion and a trillion dollars a year of financial problems for the country. Can you believe that?
0: Oh, absolutely. So tell me just briefly, what is it that you're hoping to accomplish with
3: starting this okay.
0: organization?
3: Oh, okay. Well, we did this up in Silmar. We we had a a, a totally free, we had no money. We were a broker, the Ten Commandments, What we had like 30, 40 gang kids to just kind of show up on Vinny's door when he was training kids out in the outside gym. And they just loved him. They came by and they they started training and working out and getting high naturally without drugs and having what the United Nations calls positive social inclusion, which is when you are hanging out with a good group of people, why do you need to hang out with gangs? (laughs) You know, when you're hanging out with a positive group of people, you don't need to go hang out with gangs. That's a a problem that happens by lack of care caring, a lack of paying attention to what's going on with our kids, right? So they would come over, they'd hang out, they'd work out. My mother was a teacher, so I used to help them with their homework and we'd train them and say, Hey, would you want to go to school? Do you want to do vocational training? You know, there's amazing things you can do to make money. There there are um body shops in the area that make eighty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars a month. And guess how much they give back to the community. Tell me nothing <laughs> so we have <laughs> we have, <laughs> so we have body shops that want to train kids they want to train them how to make money uh you know fixing cars flipping cars we got a charity auction down in Gardena that they, they'll sell a car for like three thousand, we could turn around and sell it for six thousand. All right, we got people who flip real estate. We have people every. We want every location where we have these centers to be self-funding within a year. Because we found out that the biggest problem that these that these organizations have is they run out of funding, right? So we said let's set it up where they do self-funding. And how do rich people become rich? They invest in things that make money. They put money into things that create wealth, right? So we want to teach kids how to create wealth for themselves, and maybe their parents too. <laughs> so, um, well, so is, we, I'm, it, I sorry, mean, it's a ahead.
0: fantastic thing that you're doing. I think it's and it's totally necessary. There's just
3: there's too many kids out there
0: that just don't have a direction. They they have oh, no direction whatsoever. Around.
3: Absolutely, you're so right. They're wandering around, taking drugs. Uh, maybe doing doing a little bit of lift riding. We we ride lifts a lot, and uh, and there's so many lift drivers too that are like, they're making no money. They they, they don't know what to do it with their lives, you know. And it's just it's pitiful that there's so many ways. Do you know we import the United States imports people from other countries to do a lot of like cybersecurity and things like that because we don't train our kids how to do it. Is that insane or what?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, so we're going to train them. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to go back to Vinny uh, and oh, sure. and his career choice as far as as boxing goes um you know what kind of person is actually attracted to this as a sport or a career and how did it change your life?
3: Oh, here let me let me get Vinny for you. Here you go. Hello. Hey
0: Over Vinny, here. I was just asking um you know we we talked a little bit about training to become a professional boxer, but I, I just wanted to know what kind of person is attracted to the sport and, and really wants it to be a career, and how did that career change your life?
2: Well, I'll, I'll tell you in a nutshell. I'll tell you the story. Um, my father was a bad alcoholic, and by first first of all, he was a bad alcoholic. That's, that, that's a bad part. He was gay. That's not the bad part. My mother and father were both gay. They got married to appease normal societal practices, and 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 they had four kids, because if my father's father found out he was gay, he would have killed him, and my mother's father was the same. And and uh, he, he he drank because he hated who he was, and uh, he abused me horrifically, and and um, he used to tell me all used to tell me all the time, he used to tell me. You get a gun, he put it on the table, he goes, here He says, uh, pick it up I said, I, I don't want it He goes, pick it up I pick up the gun, i "Now put it to your head I said, I don't want it, he goes, put it to your head I put it to my head and He says, you don't win the world title You get a gun, this gun, I one like it And you put it to your head, you pull the trigger Your brains will splatter All over the place He says, he goes, you'll leave this planet And you'll save me the embarrassment Of calling you my son so I did everything in my power as a kid. Oh, God. Everything, everything in my power. Uh, That's
0: not a perfect that thing to, to think about. Exactly. And not, I, I'm not, sure not that, that was yeah. highly, you know, a high motivation for you to yeah. succeed. And also a way to...
2: There was one other thing I wanted to tell you uh, Sure. And so we were in the we were in the bar room and I'll tell you what changed my whole life. And I'm sleeping on under a bench and and the, and my father said, Yeah, my son's the night champ, but and so the bartender says to my father, Why don't you take him home and feed him? He looks hungry. I I I, I got so excited, I thought I was gonna eat something, you know. He used to starve me. anyways, he goes, But he's any hey, good. Take him upstairs. They'll tell you he was any good. There we were, climbing four rickety flights of steps at each landing, my father took a, a four or four, five gulps of a 7, and we get on the fourth floor, this big racket going on, top, this big aluminum door, sliding door. Uh, and so we opened the door, and we saw this beehive activity. There was two black fellas sparring, boxing in the, in the ring, right? There was two, three Puerto Rican guys hitting heavy bags, three white guys skipping rope. There was there was a, a black trainer named Freddie Small, screaming destruction at everybody. And I was watching it, and, and I was so scared because my father used to match me in, in the barrooms with, with grown men. They used to kill me. And I, I used to take a vicious beating all the time. And and and, and I, I thought he was going to match with one of these guys. And there was something I wasn't accustomed to because they were hitting hard, fast, and with precision. Something I really wasn't accustomed to. And my father passed out on the down table. I was so happy. And I was watching these guys uh, spiral and dish out some vicious punches and combinations, right? And when the bell rang to end the round, they hugged each other. They kissed each other on the cheek. Everybody at ringside gave them compliments. And boy, this light low was in me. And I, I... I I didn't know what to say or do, but this this black trainer, Freddie Small, uh, God bless his soul, I love you to death, Freddie. He's, hey, kid, you want to do this? I said, I would love to, I don't have any money. He said, show up, that's payment enough. Well, I went every day and made myself good. I hitchhiked through the tunnel. I I had no money to get there, but I got there every day, and I I, I lived off the adulation of everything you said. You know, I became narcissistic, and everything meant so much to me, and and especially up to my first fight. Unbelievable.
0: Well, and about this time, you kind of... Boxing
2: will change. Uh Boxing has changed many, many lives. They say it's brutal. It's this, It's it's trained. You know the, the 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 training and everything else, what it teaches you right about yourself and other and, and and other people, right? Nobody can nobody can show you in a household. Nobody can show you in the street. No, nobody can show you.
0: Exactly, and you you kind of went through a spiritual journey around this time too, didn't you? And what yeah. what kind of lessons did you learn? Because you you really were learning from a lot of different areas.
2: Hmm oh god um, i um there was there, there was a lot of things that happened to me spiritually um, uh there was there was a couple of miracles that happened to me i um well my father it's it, 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 it it's it's it, it's amazing um yeah um, oh yeah well um wait. oh god i i was fighting i was um i was fighting i was fighting in a in in, in a, uh, can i can i call you back
0: I'm really feeling bad. That's fine. Sure. Let me me call you back. Okay. Not a problem. Well, Denny, I hope we, I hope we have enough time to, um, uh, go on with the, um, when Vinny calls back, I'm, I'm kind of blown away myself, um, what other types of stories are, are included in this book, Survival? Denny, are you there? Well yes. I guess uh, I
1: <laughs> quite quite an emotional quite an emotional experience for Vinny, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, very emotional. And I think the, the message that I wanted to get across and and what i i read about was the lesson that he learned because he he was talking to some mystics some jewish scholars and indian scholars so he was kind of all over the board in in the spiritual journey but what he had to say was they all taught the same thing and that was love something that i yeah. i guess you know he he didn't have and didn't recognize and didn't feel obviously and love is the message. It certainly is. Vinny's back. Hello. I'm, uh, hi. Glad to have. Oh, you I'm, done, sorry. Vinny. I'm sorry.
2: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. I,
0: I got a little emotional. I'm, I'm really sorry.
2: Please forgive me. People out there listening, a... please forgive me. Yeah, but,
0: nothing to uh, be this, sorry this for. This book.
2: This book is gonna help a gazillion kids a kids all around the world, around the planet, right? Uh, um, uh, like she says, love, love is the answer. Uh, the abuse has to stop. And, Absolutely. Uh, and love, and you know, I, 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 I feel a big part in it, and I'm glad, and I'm glad we're doing this show, and I'm glad we're talking about love, because L O V E, it stands for Let Only Vinny Enter. And let me tell you. And let me tell you, um, all these kids that are being bothered. That statement I just made, uh, it's going to ring. It's going to ring true for millions and millions of kids. Believe me. You wanna, you're, like I said it, and I'll repeat myself. I'll be repetitive. You don't have to keep quiet. You don't have to uh, go uh, go run away and hide and cry and everything. Like, anybody's bothering you in any way that, that doesn't seem natural to you. You like I said, and I'll repeat myself. You run to everybody, knock on the doors next door, go go upstairs, go downstairs. I don't know where you live. Go out and scream in the streets. Write a song, sing it. Right, do whatever you got to do to tell the world what's going on. Right, and and I guarantee
0: you, it's going to stop. I guarantee you, it's going to stop. Absolutely, and I thank you for that message. Let's kind of flip the conversation a little bit. How did you become? A, an actor, a screenwriter, and, and uh, a stand-up comedian.
2: Uh, well, I, I um, I went to the you know I, I was driving by the the comedy store, on on uh, Sunset Boulevard, and uh, and, I, and I and I and I saw I saw some names on the billboard. It's uh Rodney Dangerfield. You know, I love Rodney Dangerfield, and uh, I said, wow, well, I like I like to stop and see what it's like, right? And and I, I stopped. I got out. I went in, and I was I was seeing these people come up. Some of them were real bad, right? And you know, I'm saying to myself, I could do better than that guy. Right? I'm, I'm not going to mention no name. I said, but that th- th- this guy didn't make anybody happy. I mean, I didn't make anybody laugh. This guy makes sure you want to punch him in the head. You know what I mean? I said. So so I so I so I went home, and I and I wrote a bunch of things about boxing when I was fighting. I thought it was funny. Some of them were real funny. Some of them were not. <laughs> they fought a little quick. But you find out very, very quick. It's like, it's like getting in the ring with a, with a, with a, a devastating opponent. And and, and you're and you're very green. You shouldn't get in the ring with a devastating opponent when you're very green. You should get some experience before you get in the ring. You know what I mean? And uh, that, that's what happened. I went up there on uh, potluck night, and I thought I was you know Mr. Funny, but all the stuff I wrote, I had deadpan faces. I, 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 said, I said, I said to myself, I said, I said, "Oh my God!" So I just went natural. I said to them, I said, all right, It's not funny." But, I, but, I, but I, you, know, I, I, you know, I wrote. I wrote something when I, when I fought the Korean guy named Chang Pal Park. I said, I said to them, I, "You know, I, I thought it was funny, and it got some laughs." I said. Uh, I fought for the IBF super middleweight title in 1985. I fought this Korean guy named Chong, Paul, Puck. His friggin' name gave me a black eye. I,
3: <laughs> I, no, no. <laughs> That's a good one.
0: When and you you had parts in a lot of different television shows and and you've written Miami, scripts. Vice movies. Yeah. yeah,
2: Miami Vice. Miami Vice. Uh, I uh I I fought a fight. I fought a fight uh in uh, Miami and uh, after the fight I took I took the mic from the from the announcer and I started talking to the crowd about the fight and I had them laughing of some of the stuff I was saying. And there was a there was a guy um a guy, uh, guy president, his name was John Nicolella. He was uh, one of the producers on, on Miami Vice. I, and I had him laughing and the, and the other person, and, he, and I got out of the ring. He, says, uh, he goes, oh, we want to put you on a, on a show. Uh, so I said to him, I said to him, he says, oh, you want to put me on a, on a show? What show is that? He goes, my advice." is Vice. He oh, really? I says, I says uh, talk to my agent, right? And I was joking on him, right? And so he called. He said, well, who's your agent? Said, give, me the, you know, uh, give me the number. So I, so I had him stick to somebody that was a, a target of uh, like a girl, like my my lady friend, did, right? And I, I said, yes. Yeah. So I went down, fitted. And uh, I'm in, you know, I, I'm in, the, I mean, you know, I'm in the, my, my dressing room now. We're getting rid of the machine. I, I played a bodyguard to this guy, right? And I'll tell you who he is after. But he was whining and moaning and whining and moaning. I thought he going to lose his job as a bartender. But he had to come down and take this show because it's the number one show. And he was whining. I said, you want to know what? I said, I'm glad I'm, I'm not an actor. I said, he's crying You're like a little baby. I said, what kind of body? Come on. You, you, you didn't get this job because because you're bad. you got this job because they thought you were great. He goes, yeah. Well, he goes, you don't know. It's like my, I lose that job as a body. I said, body please, yeah, I'm a fighter. You know, I I I I I, I get the hottest, the, the most difficult job on the face of the planet. Right. Anyways, we go out we go out to do the show, and and, and he, he he plays this this real nasty guy that that beats up his girlfriend. I was gonna hit him. I, I, you know, it was my first thing I ever did, and they, and, and everybody started laughing. Also, I was like, "Oh, well, grab, a smack him this way he was uh, manhandling this girl, right?" And and they they say, cat, Mister Colonel, come here." They put me said, "This isn't you, but you, what are you doing?" Right? <laughs> That's why I caught myself. Right? Anyways, the actor's name was Bruce Willis, and uh, he could tell you if you call him up he convinced me that he was beating this woman up and he was manhandling the way. And I, and I got all you know, upset. But then, you know, I, I finished the show. It was great. And I said, wow. I, and then when the show came out, right, I got more attention than I ever thought in my life. And all I did was play his bodyguard. I had a lot of lines. I understand. I speak about it. I I couldn't believe the, the reaction of the world I was getting. I said, I killed myself for title fight. I killed myself for getting in shape. I really... When they fight my behind off I, And nobody, sometimes nobody says anything Right, I said, this one little stupid Thing that I'm walking around following a guy Being a tough guy, right I, I, I get more reaction, I, I couldn't believe it So I got hooked I got hooked And they put me in another episode So and
0: how
2: then, um, and, that, and then they I was just gonna... uh-huh.
0: yeah. Go ahead yeah, but you Know what you going to say I was just going to ask how many other shows that you were in, and and then you yeah. also wrote scripts for for movies.
2: Yeah, well, I I wrote I wrote the script uh, uh, out on my feet, with Larry Golan who was a, who was an accomplished writer uh, on my life out on my feet, and most of my life I was truly out on my feet. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, it was a great great title, and I wrote that I. I wrote uh comedy can kill about a cop going on the cover as a comedian that didn't get done yet it will um it's, it's, it's it, you know it's, it's a great script my you know, what, what separates me from most people is, is is my dialogue you know my dialogue is unbelievable i could yeah, i can i could write you know um i i can write a script and you 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 read the first ten pages Getting to know who the characters are, and erase the rest of the the hundred pages, and you, whatever whatever speech you know who's speaking, and that's and that's just the way it is. Every speech you will know who's speaking. That's yeah. and I wrote amazing. A about a kid, and I wrote a script about a kid, and I met in Canada. Um, it's called uh, Francois. I used to call him Francois because used this little kid. I, when I when, I, when I, I, I I took off, you know, I had, I had to leave. I had to leave the country. And, uh, uh, Frank Sinatra sent me up to. You know, Frank Sinatra was my friend, saved my life, and he sent me up to uh, Montreal. To, to stay there until the heat uh, died down. Yeah. I pulled out of a fight. I was supposed to fight a young, an up and coming guy that uh, he was. He was. He had some wins, but you know, he, he was knocking guys out. But he, you know, he, he didn't show much then, right? But uh, and I had a, and I had a signed title fight. I had a signed title fight. All I had all I had to do all I had to do was uh, get out get out of this contract that I signed to fight, and and, and I promised and, and I promised uh, them the first offense if I won the title. And I was fighting Benny Prisco, a guy who who was probably the one of the, uh, the, the the baddest motor scooters ever come out of Philadelphia, right? And I and I fought him to a draw in 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 philadelphia and so you know i won the fight and you know, and i fought him in boston and i beat him a 10-mile decision so i was fighting that guy for the world championship i i i would think i was gonna win it and he would have got the first defense marvin Hagler would have got the first defense if they let me out of the contract but you know what him and his handler said no we're not letting you out of the contract and and there was a couple of guys there was a couple of other guys said, well if this is the case where well, we, uh, you know, what we're gonna do. We're gonna make a lot of money. So he's not even rated, and you're number one. You know, you're, you're number two in the world, uh, in the every world body. Uh, you're gonna fall. And so I told. I said, "Oh, oh really?" He said, oh, "Yeah, he goes, yeah, he goes, yeah. He goes, you're gonna fall." I said, I said, "You wanna know what?" Can I can I, can I? can I? Can I? give you my answer? And he said, "Yeah." I said, "F you. F you." <laughs> anyways, anyways, anyways. He he uh, he. Uh, he got, he got, he got real, uh, he got real nasty. Uh, and I went, you know, and, 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 and it was so funny. I'm in my house, I'm training, you know, I'm getting ready to go to the gym to train and I'm running down the steps to go train. Right. And uh, a friend of mine, the top floor, Joyce Obama's name. He says, Vinny, hey, where are you going? I said, I'm going to the gym, Joe. I got problems. You have no way there. Please leave me alone. He says, I said, I can't, Joe. He goes, like, I got linguini and clam sauce. I said, ah, linguini and clam sauce. Said, All right, I'll be right up. Right. I go up. I'm talking to him, and and uh, and we hear we have an explosion. And and uh, look out! Look, look out! My my seventy my seventy seventy six coupe de Ville Cadillac. There was a piece of it on a bunch of rooftops.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh-huh.
2: I, I said, I said they're serious. They're serious.
0: Yeah, 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 they're serious. All right. Yeah, yeah, well, I, you know, there's. I, I, I just got to say, there's there's so many other stories just like what you've heard, in the book Survival. Um, Jenny, yeah. would you like to tell our audience where this book can be purchased?
2: Where this book can be
0: purchased? Absolutely. Where can they buy my book?
2: Amazon. Yeah. A- Amazon right now. Go ahead, Amazon.
1: Danny. Yeah, yeah. Amazon, and also the publisher is Wild Blue Press, and it'll be available on Wild Blue's uh, website oh, my, or yeah. on on Amazon.
0: Mm. Great, and I, we're mm. just almost out of time, Vinny. But what if if you had one message to leave listeners with today that they can take away from this conversation? What would that be? Very briefly.
2: What, what? Wait, wait. You want you want me to say what? Uh, explain that real quick again. I'll, I'll, what would I'll you play. like?
0: What would you like listeners to take away from our conversation today?
2: Uh, well, um, like I said, um, never ever 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 ever, and I said loud, ever. ever give up. Don't
0: Excellent. ever ever
2: give up. You're one punch
0: away, and that's just the way it is. That's, that's a heck of a message, and I hope everyone out there is listening in and takes this away because um, it, it's a very important message. So mm-hmm. I, I hate to bring this close, a close to this show because I know that there's so many more stories, but everyone, you're just oh, going to yeah. have to get the book, Survival mm-hmm. by Vinnie Curto and Dennis Griffin. And as you go out into this mean big old world today, there's there's a lot of a lot of crazy bad stuff that goes on. However, just remember one thing, please be kind to each other.
3: Yes.